that's that's one thing that we've just done is you know we've we've just allowed ourselves to be on a frantic search for our tribe and everybody else just like you said bless and release love and grace that's what they get and that's been really a, a, a helpful thing to us that I've just stopped trying to make everybody happy I've stopped trying to make everyone like me I've stopped taking it personal when somebody doesn't message me back or when a client quits or when a coach doesn't move forward I've stopped taking it personal and I've just said you know there are people out there there are fish in the sea that are hungry my problem is I've just had the wrong bait for a long time welcome to the network marketing made simple podcast I am your host, Scott Aaron, and each and every week, I'm going to come to you with short, simple, and powerful tactics of how you can grow your network marketing business, brand, bank account, and impact on those around you. And just remember, network marketing is not easy, but it can be made easy with simple steps to create the success that you truly deserve. Welcome to episode 122 of the Network Marketing Made Simple podcast. And if you are a new listener, then welcome. And if you are a returning listener, then welcome back. And as always, if you are a network marketer, new or seasoned to the profession, and still building your business through the means of Instagram and Facebook, and you are not yet leveraging the power and impact that LinkedIn can have on your business and your bank account, then head over to my website, www.scottaaron.net, where you can schedule a free 15-minute discovery call with me where I can learn more about you, your business, and how we could potentially work together. So super excited about today's episode for a number of reasons, uh, many of which are along the lines of me. This person is a loving husband, a loving father, but also a best-selling author, he is a top-tier health and wellness coach. He is a business coach. He's got a real estate empire building. There is nothing this guy is not doing right now to not only just impact his family's life, but impacting all the lives that he is touching with everything that he does. So as always, instead of me telling that person their own story, I want them to share it themselves. So Corey Baker... Welcome to today's episode. Man, Scott, thank you so much for uh, bringing me on. I uh, always appreciate it, you know, and, and I, I heard what you just kind of said a little bit and shared in the intro, and I, I just want to say just from a firsthand perspective that uh, what you're doing, not only with your podcast, but even, you know, my wife and I have seen just some phenomenal results uh, from really working together with you personally uh, with uh, helping us with our LinkedIn um, strategy has been really, really great. So uh, I know that uh, you didn't bribe me to say that. I just did it anyway. Uh, but uh, it's it's really been a game changer for us. And I just wanted to say thanks and um, wanted to, to just kind of throw that out there for anybody who's listening. Uh, man, this is real stuff. And if you're wanting to move forward in your life and, uh, and your business uh, and your social network strategy, definitely give Scott a call. Um, so I am, um, I've been uh, in the health and wellness uh, space for 
about five years. I was a minister at a church in Florida for about 18 years and really just developed a passion for health and wellness. And uh, we've, we've built a, a really strong uh, business. We've risen to the top rank in our company. And um, it's, it's really been a, a blast just helping people uh, over the last several, actually in the last year. Um, I wrote a book that's turned up on some bestseller list. Uh, it's called Chasing Better. It was completely done, self-published, uh, but uh, it's, it's sold thousands and thousands of copies. And um, I will say this, I mean, I know that a lot of listeners uh, to your podcast are in the network marketing space. This is not a book about network marketing, but I will say that network marketers tend to really enjoy this read because network, uh, network marketers tend to be people that are very, very interested in the self-help and personal growth development space. And so if that is you and you are just uh, really desiring, that's the, that's the part about network marketing I believe that is so attractional is people are just interested in working for themselves and being their best selves and in unlocking their true potential. And uh, that's what Chasing Better truly is all about. Uh, there's a section there about, you know, health and wellness and money and fear and uh, worrying about what other people think about you and being a better communicator and uh, just all kinds of stuff. It's just really about kind of the premise of it is about all of us have a person we are and there's a person we want to be. Chasing better is about shortening that gap so that the person that we want to be and the person that we are are the same person. Uh, it's written in a fun way. It's a, it's a quick read. It's about 150 pages, but I think you'll find that it's, it's fun and um, it'll, it'll make you laugh and it'll, it'll challenge you along the way too. Also started a podcast with the same name, uh, Chasing Better, uh, that has really gotten some great reviews. And I'm just someone that really likes to add value and help people along the way everywhere I, I can. We, uh, my wife and I live in Lexington, Kentucky, and we have two daughters that are here. We're in the process of building our dream home and just really enjoying what we get to do and make it our mission every single day to add value to as many people as possible. So that's the Cliff Notes version and a little bit about me. I'm a crazy Cubs fan, huge Cubs fan, like biggest Cubs fan on the planet, like going to depression when they lose for a type of a Cubs fan. Uh, but yeah, that's a little about me. Amazing. And I just want to go back and, and just say thank you for the edification you know, both you and your wife are just such first class people. And I'm just, you know, grateful that I had the opportunity to, to work closely with you guys. And I, I appreciate your just honesty with everything. And obviously, for the listeners, the link to your book and your podcast will be in the show notes. So people will be able to access them immediately. And I want to go back to something that you said that, you, you know, you started in, in ministry. And I, I have a lot of friends in the network marketing and entrepreneurship field that a lot of them have uh, they have that background of being uh, a youth minister or just a minister in, in general. What, what led you to the ministry world, but obviously exiting it and running the, the global health and wellness business that you guys have amongst everything else? Looking back, what was one of the greatest lessons that you learned from being in the ministry field in, in how you were helping people? And, and how has that translated to what you guys do every day with all of your businesses? That's such a great question. And I love talking about this. It's a, it's a passion area for sure. Um, I, I got into ministry because I loved people um, and, and still do, obviously. I think um, 
it's it's really interesting the the whole aspect of of full-time ministry is really new it's probably 30 or 40 years old i mean for the longest time anyone that was involved in ministry had something they did on the side i mean it wasn't really until the the invention is not the right word but until the awakening of mega church where this idea of working for a church as a vocation became a thing right probably not till the late 80s early 90s was it a thing for people just to work uh, at a church and that be what they did for their vocation how they fed their families i grew up in the uh early to to mid to late i grew up in the 90s and that's what that was when mega church just became a a thing and and so i went to a a school at a church and that was just the whole thing like training people for full-time ministry and i don't want anyone to listen that's because if you've got ministers or that are on here i'm not i'm not disparaging or or coming down on those that work for full-time ministry at all i think it's a wonderful thing but i do think that we do a disservice to people when we say that that calling is higher than any other calling uh, i think we as people are called to mission we're called to purpose and to be the best version of us and i also think that life is meant to be lived in seasons. We have four seasons, winter, spring, summer, fall. And one of the most miserable people is someone who's still wishing it was Christmas and it's March when you're, you're, you're trying to live in a season that was over. And I really felt like there was a season that I had given to the church uh, full time for a significant season of my life. And I felt that season was over and that we were going to move into mission and purpose in a different way. And I really honestly think that we're impacting more people now than we ever did. Again, I, I, I don't, one unique thing that I have is I, and I talk about this in the book, I really honestly feel like I, I hold no bitterness towards church world. I think there are some people that move out of the ministry, full-time ministry space, and they're a little bit um, bitter and upset. And, and let's just be honest here for a second. Church work is tough. It just is. I mean, You've got a lot of people managing a lot of opinions and trying to make a lot of people happy, and it gets pretty exhausting. Uh, so for me to be able to say that I, that I moved into a different um, space and passion area without allowing the previous passion area to bleed over into the next one in terms of baggage that I carry, I think that's a really unique thing. And uh, I, I don't hold any sort of bitter feelings or angry feelings towards church people or the way that I was treated or any of those kind of things. I, I walked away on my terms. Uh, the church wasn't falling apart. Uh, there was no, nothing like that. Uh, I just was ready to be done. And it was a really good thing. And, and we're in a really great space and happy. And I've got lots of friends and team members that are in full-time ministry. And I think that's great. What I, what I do believe, however, is that there are some people that are not in full-time ministry because it's a calling or a passion. It's just all they know. It's all they've ever known. And there's some people that have like a deep down desire to do something else. They just don't think they can do anything else. They don't think they, are, they can be successful at anything else. And one thing that I've learned through this process that was really eye-opening for me is I felt that same thing. Like if I wasn't going to be pastoring, what am I doing? What do, I, do I sell cars? Do I go sell life insurance? Like what do I do if this isn't it? There's so much identity wrapped up in that. And um, this has shown me that I can be successful doing other things because it really is about 
people. And whether you're in network marketing or whether you're in ministry, it's about people. Not everybody's going to love it, just like not everybody loved our church. But I'm, I, you know, I, I believe, I did a podcast about this a few weeks ago. My mission in life is I am on a relentless pursuit to find people that I can help that want to be a part of what I do. And so every person that I meet gets put into one of two buckets for me. You either are in the, you're someone that wants to work with me bucket, or you're in the love and grace bucket. And church ministry taught me that, you know, no matter how you treat me, no matter what you do to me, that's okay. You don't get to choose being in one of those two buckets. I get to put you in the love and grace bucket if I choose to. And that has really helped me to, you know, I, I can honestly tell you this. I cannot think of one person on the planet that I have ill feeling or ill will towards right now. I really honestly feel that way. And I think that's a rarity. And I, I there's, there's four words that, that keep coming to mind. One is faith. Two is love. Three is commitment. Uh, and, and fourth is identity. And, and nothing has to be tied to religion. And what I, what I've learned is that, having humility and, and really owning your own stuff. And, you know, you know, the, you know, the whole concept of turning the mirror around on yourself and, and really look at your, looking deep into yourself and, you know, what am I doing this for? You know, why, what, what is my purpose? And you hear about the walking dead, which are the people that just kind of just are going through life. They're not really mm -hmm. seeing anything else that's going on around them. And, and, and in a way, you and I both had kind of like awakening moments. They were just in different forms. Right. I, I believe faith doesn't have to be tied to a religion. Faith could be just something that you feel and you believe in that allows you to wake up each day with a, a heart of service, you know, a heart full of gratitude and thankfulness and appreciation. And that's what really drives you forward. And, and when you're in the people business, and that's what a lot of network marketers, and I'm glad you pointed that out, a lot of network marketers, between you and me, they're making about themselves. They're, they're, they're being selfish. You know, people are saying no to me. No one wants to do this with me. And it's the, oh, woe is me type stuff. And you're just taking it too seriously. You know, when, when you truly want to impact other people, you meet people where they are. You don't try to force them into anything that they don't want to do, but also you bless and release as mm -hmm. often and as quickly as you can. So right. I, I loved how you said that, you know, you guys left on your own terms and, and, you know, you just had a different path that you were going down. But again, you and I spoke about before, everything happens for a reason. If you guys didn't get into ministry, it would not have led you to where you are right now. Correct. Correct. Everything had to transcend and happen the way that it did. So so with where you guys are now, and obviously outside looking in, being in, you know, we're in the same profession on so many levels, writers, speakers, coaches, network marketing, all that stuff. What do you truly feel now, having written the book and doing all this stuff? What do you feel is truly holding people back from living their ideal life? Oh, man, that's such a loaded question. Um, I think here's, here's the, here's the best picture I can give, right? 
I think that every, you know, those old cartoons that have like the angel in the robe with the, with the harp on one shoulder yep. and the devil angel with the pitchfork. Okay. I think we all have those things going on in my life. One of the things that I say that, I, that I've said a lot is that your problem is not that you hear voices inside your head. The problem is that you're listening to the wrong one. We, we all, in, in my kind of vernacular, the angel on the one shoulder is your why and the devil on the other is your concept. I think everybody has a why, has a reason, has a purpose, has something they want. And everybody has concepts, excuses, things that they feel are standing in the way of them accomplishing what they want. When you talk about people that are building network marketing businesses, we all have that too. They got a why for why they got in. They got a concept for why they don't think they can be successful. They got a why for why they think this could work. They got a concept for things that are holding them back. We all, we all got it. And at the end of the day, the only way for any person to move forward is that the why has to be louder than the concept. I cannot, and we talk about this with our team members a lot, like until you identify what those things are, uh, you're going to be stuck. And I think a lot of people in life are stuck because they either, one of two things, one, they don't know what they want. If you were to ask them, what do you want? It's like that scene from the notebook. I can't, I'm like, I'm, I've just lost respect for myself that I just use a notebook reference, but there, <laughs> there's this scene where, where he, the guy is looking at the girl. He's like, what do you want? And she won't answer. What do you want? And she won't answer. And he eventually like starts like getting louder. What do you want? I feel like that's a big deal for a lot of people because a lot of people just flat out have no idea what they want. It's, it's really, really tough to get out of life what you desire when you have no freaking clue what you desire. And there's a lot of people that just don't know what they want. And I'm just, I'm just a firm believer that if a person can figure out why and what they want, then they will figure out how. We spend a lot of time figuring out how. And I think that's kind of the whole deal. You know, I heard this analogy once in this book that I read. And it talked about how if there was a balance beam on the ground, and somebody offered you $10 to walk across that balance beam, would you do it? And the answer to that question is yes, right? Now, if you took that balance beam and put it up in the air, 500 stories between two buildings, and someone said, I'll give you $10 to walk across that balance beam, would you do it? Most people would say no. What if your kid was in the other building and that building was on fire? Would you walk across the balance beam? The answer to that question is yes. The circumstances did not change. Your why did. And your why compelled you into action. So there's a lot of people that just cannot figure out what they want. The other side is there are people that have a pretty good idea what they want, but they don't think it's possible. So why should I put in the work necessary to build the life that I want to build if I don't think that that is possible for me? So that's a lot what we do. And I think there's a lot of people in life that are just stuck on autopilot, like you said, or like the, like the movie Sixth Sense, like I see dead people, like, you know, it's, it's like, you get, we got a whole bunch of freaking Bernie's, like weekend at Bernie's, like we're just carrying around <laughs> dead people. And what I've learned is that it's, it's pretty exhausting, like dealing with dead people. And this is like in our profession, in our space, like that's where a lot of people get frustrated. It's like you're carrying Bernie around. And here's what I've learned. There's two ways to deal with Bernie. One, let Bernie be dead. Or two, you got to awaken Bernie because there is nothing more exhausting than carrying dead weight around. 
And there's a lot of people that you're, you're your own dead weight. So you either got to let Bernie die or you got to awaken Bernie because what's happening right now is exhausting you. And, um, and, and there's just a lot of people that that's why they get frustrated because you're, you're trying to carry something that's dead. I love that. It's, it's, we all can either be the walking dead Bernie or the alive and thriving Bernie. And it's one of my favorite movies too. It's, it's really, yeah. no one's ever seen that. So everyone talks about the why and there's people that just, they don't know what their why is, but I, I want to talk about something that, that has to do with the why, because it has to do a lot with what you read, what you listen to, but most importantly, your circle of influence. And I think this, right. is, this is one of the hardest things for people to change because you and I both know we have never told our teams or our clients, stop talking to your friends, stop mm -hmm. talking to your family, find some new people. No, you, you meet people where they are and you love and honor them where they are, but you, you are the sum of the five people that you spend the most time with. So if you're not happy with where you are personally, professionally, monetarily, spiritually, whatever it is, you got to go find other people that are more in a line and keep the people where they are. Right. How important, and this is network marketers, entrepreneurs, anyone, I mean, they need to hear this because the reason why most people are stuck, it's not because of them. It's because who they are taking the wrong advice from. How important has it been for you to shift your circle of influence, but in the same breath, how important is it for entrepreneurs, network marketers, business coaches in this day and age to have that sound and motivating sphere of influence around them? You know, I, I think one of, the, one of the things that is the most dehabilitating for people that are trying to build businesses of any kind, one of the most harmful things that a person can have is a, an attitude of, of scarcity this idea that why should I try to build this? Everybody in my news feeds is already doing it. Everybody in my profile, everybody on LinkedIn, everybody on Facebook, which is bull crap, but that's just a pretty good clear sign that it's time for you to uh, step out and meet new people. I have a firm belief that is you have the life and the business that your comfort zones allow you to have. Your current business, your current income, your current rank, whatever it is, your current comfort zones are allowing you to have the business and earn the income that you're currently making. So it stands to reason that if you want more and if you want to earn more and help more, then it's going to cause you to have to get out of your bubble that you created. We all have bubbles. We all have comfort zones. It's just natural. We, we like comfort zones. They're comfy. We, we like feeling comfortable. But, but I just have a firm belief that everything we want in life is on the other side of challenging and confronting the things that we're afraid of. And here's the deal. I, I, I really think that people need to learn. I wrote a chapter in the book about this, about fear. We should learn to be grateful for fear because fear for most of us is a pretty clear indicator of the direction we, sh we should be going. Here's why a lot of people don't have what they want in life. Because what we are taught is we identify what we're afraid of and we run away from it. The few people in life that have what they want identify what they're afraid of and they freaking run right towards it. You know, and they overcome it. Fear, That's what Batman did. 
Yeah. Right. I, I mean, Batman, go ahead. That Batman creates a whole identity about finding the thing that he's afraid of and allowing that to become part of who he is. And that's, I know that's a cheesy analogy, but it's that, that's the whole deal. Like there's just so many people we, we are, we are, most people today are in a prison sitting in a cell with the key in their own pocket. And all they got to do is go and unlock it. You know, fear is such a, it's such a powerful thing because it's a choice. And I, whenever I do, I just did a, I did a, uh, a keynote in Atlanta and I'm going to Denver to do another one. And I always have the audience repeat after me, fear is my friend. People don't, they don't realize the power of leaning into fear. And the analogy that I, that I give people is that, you know, if you're a downhill skier and you succumb to the fear and you lean back in your boots, guess what's going to happen? You're going to fall on your ass. Yeah. The fact is, is that we choose to let fear paralyze us. We choose to let fear pause us. We choose to let fear drive us backwards. And when you can lean into that fear, on the other side of fear is abundance, prosperity. 100%. It, it, it's everything. So, and, 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 and here's one other thing too I'll say. Fear is actually a great motivator if we learn how to be afraid of something different. Like I'm no longer afraid of what people think about me. You know what I'm afraid of? Obscurity. I'm afraid of being normal. I'm afraid of making the same thing my whole life. I'm afraid of nothing changing. That's what I'm afraid of. So my fear moves me into action. I've just elevated what I'm afraid of in other areas. So I, I don't think fear is bad. I think what we are afraid of is bad. And, you know, fear, if you look at it from that perspective, can be a really great motivator. Some people, it's just as simple of stop trying to get rid of fear and start trying to use it and change what you're afraid of. Something I tell people is, and I remember having a conversation with one of my teammates and they were, they were really, they were unhappy with where they were in their business. Yeah. And they were just frustrated. They, they felt they should be doing better. And, and I said to them, I said, listen, this is your, your side hustle. And they said, yes. And I said, so your husband has a job and, and makes good money. And she said, yes. And I said, you have a job and you make good money. And she said, yes. So I said, is your back truly against the wall or are you creating a story that things aren't going the way that they should be? And she goes, I'm creating a story. And I said, let me dig a little bit deeper. I said, you have to be grateful that you actually have this as a side hustle and this is not your sole source of income if it's not where you want it to be. You actually have a full-time job that is basically funding your side business. Yeah. How different would your life be if you woke up tomorrow and you got laid off? And they said, that's a really good point. So what I tell people is even if you have a full-time job right now and you are building this business on the side, if you started to treat it like you are getting fired from your full-time, comfortable, twice-a-month paid job, how differently would you build your business? Yeah, that's a, that's, a, that's a really great question. And 
I think, you know, because I've, I've asked that question before, and uh, a lot of people, when they really break it down, they'll say, you know, how would I treat myself in this space if I had me as an employee? And a lot of people honestly say, I'd fire myself. <laughs> uh, and it's true. You know, it's one of those things where if you don't start looking at things a different way, you're going to never know how to actually do things a different way. And you know, all the analogies are great. All of, all of the comparisons that, that people throw at you is great. It, it, it's going to get you start, it's going to have you start thinking a little bit differently. But again, it's still, it's still up to you to, to make that decision to, to choose to live differently, to be differently, to think differently, to, to, to just create something for yourself and your family and a legacy because I see so many people tiptoeing through life and they arrive at their graves safely. And I think people, honestly, they get too comfortable and, and you know, Les Brown actually says it best. He says, those that take the easy road end up living and creating a hard life, but those that take the hard road will end up creating and living an, an easy life. So let's talk right. about that for the sec for a second, because you know, you haven't always had it easy. You know, you and Julie had to go through some stuff. Talk about the challenges that you had to face and you know, full vulnerability. What do you feel was one of the, the greatest challenges or greatest adversities that you guys had to face where you came out that much better on the other side? Well, that's a great question. I mean, one of the things that has really been the case for us, I mean, I, I've, I've grown up my whole life as someone that uh, really just didn't have a lot of, of, of money. My parents were poor to low middle class at best, and they worked hard and provided for us. I remember working full time since I was 12. Um, really went into school. And I mean, I still got a high school diploma and all those kind of things, but I, you know, got, got home from school. I mean, I delivered papers and worked in cornfields and just whatever I had to do. And, and I'm grateful for that. It taught me a lot. When I started my, my business, one of the reasons I started was because I was donating plasma at the time. And I was doing it because this is crazy to think about. This was five years ago. Um, I was donating plasma two days a week for uh, four hours a week for 300 bucks a month. And I was doing that for two or three months so that we could have some money to buy plane tickets to go home. Um, and it was making me miserable. I just was so miserable. Uh, actually, one time I was on the way home from donating plasma and I was like spacing a little bit. I actually started driving into oncoming traffic. Um, it was a scary thing. And I was, when I first started this, I was like, is it possible? For me to earn enough income that I no longer have to do that, I think I think all of us have a a pain point, and uh and and I tapped into that. I was just like I, I don't want to feel like this anymore. I don't want to do this anymore. Um, and so I I found something that I felt could um, take the place of that, and and it quickly became that and much more. And after that, we we were in a we were in a, you know, we, we do a lot of real estate stuff now, but our first home, we were dumb. We bought a house in 2007, interest only. It was a three bedroom, two bath little condo. It was a thousand square foot that we bought for $250,000. Uh, 18 months later, it's short sold for $52,000. Um, 
So we, we were in some significant financial situations. We had a lot of debt. And my first thought was, could I earn some extra money with this to stop donating plasma? Then it was, could we get out of debt? Then it was, could we buy a house? And then it was, could we buy the house that we really wanted? And that's kind of what we're doing now. And um, I think ultimately, one of our, Jim Rohn is like a hero of a lot of people that are in this space. And he's famous for saying that if you help enough people get what they want, you'll have everything that you want. And you alluded to this earlier that a lot of people get into the space and they do it all wrong because they are trying to figure out what's best for them instead of trying to serve others. And I think if we would all focus on being more attractional, you know, you can start all the conversations and post as much and message as many people as you want to, but if you're not attractional, you're going to have a tough time in this space. And I think what makes someone attractional is someone that's focused on value and adding service to others. And uh, that's what makes people want to do business with people. So we just made that a priority. And, and you know, is this for everybody? Of course not. Have we had, tell, have we had people tell us no? My goodness, yes. Uh, have I been unfriended and blocked and told to leave alone? Of course I have. But I mean, you name one business that that isn't the reality. You know, Tom Brady, probably one of the most successful football players of all time, is booed in 31 out of 32 NFL stadiums. 31 out of 32 teams hate him. I'm guessing most of us would trade lives with Tom Brady. Because for him, he's figured out that the roar and the applause, and he doesn't do it for applause. He does it for, for legacy and all those kind of things. But, you know, I, I've, this is something that was really a helpful thing for me. And I don't think it looks this way, but I will tell you, I'd make this trade in a heartbeat. I would be willing to have 90 people out of 100 that couldn't stand me if it meant that I could impact and change the lives of 10. I think there's a lot of people that aren't willing to make that trade. And they're trying to make 99 out of 100 people like them. That's one thing I learned about pastoring. It's impossible to make everybody happy. And if you try, you're going to be miserable. So I think that's, that's one thing that we've just done is, you know, we've, we've just allowed ourselves to be on a frantic search for our tribe and everybody else, just like you said, bless and release, love and grace. That's what they get. And that's been really a, a, a helpful thing to us that I've just stopped trying to make everybody happy. I've stopped trying to make everyone like me. I've stopped taking it personal when somebody doesn't message me back or when a client quits or when a coach doesn't move forward. I've stopped taking it personal. And I've just said, you know, there are people out there. There are fish in the sea that are hungry. My problem is I've just had the wrong bait for a long time. And I think that's been part of what our, what our issue is, is listen, I don't care if there's 5 million fish in the sea or one, I'm going to catch that freaking thing. And, and that's kind of the mentality that I have. Now there's two things that came to mind. And this is something that I also tell people is that in life, you're going to have 50% of the people that love you and 50% of the people that don't. And right. we, we all want to be liked. So what do we end up doing? We focus on the 50% of the people that, that don't like us and trying to get them to like us when there's a whole slew of people on the other side that already love us for who we are. That we, 100%. We don't have to prove anything to. And for me, I was a people pleaser growing up. So I cared more about being liked than respected. And as I got more emotionally mature, I realized that it's much better to be respected than liked because... Yeah, and I... I heard, I heard somebody say this. They said, um, at 20, we care what everybody thinks about us. 
At 40, we stopped caring what everybody thinks of us. At 60, we realized they were never thinking about us. Um, and I think we're chasing ghosts. You know, a lot of people are chasing this phantom idea that all these people are just out there thinking about us, and they're just not. Yeah, we're not, we're not that important that people, not. Well, that people are waking up thinking about, oh, what Corey and Julie are up to today. No, they're thinking about what am I up to, and why does my life suck so bad, and how can I change it? Exactly. That's what most people are thinking about. So I, this is one of those episodes where I, I really feel this was one of those episodes that I like to consider a, a gut check episode for people because I don't feel, and I'm, I'm not sure if you would agree, but I think there needs to be a little bit more transparency and honesty, not just in network marketing, but in entrepreneurship. People keeping yeah. it real, like, like how you and Julie do. Like you, things aren't sugar-coated you know, this is life. And I just uh, appreciate just the, the rawness and the realness and the vulnerability that you've shared because sometimes you have to learn a hard lesson mm -hmm. to create an easy path for yourself. And, and I think this is one of those episodes. So I have two final things. Uh, I have one final question, but more importantly, uh, can you leave the listeners with obviously where they can connect with you on social media, website, book, podcast, and obviously that'll be included in the show notes, but just so if they're listening now where they can go immediately to find out more about Corey Baker. So, you know, I'm on all the platforms. I mean, you can find me on Facebook, uh, you know, at uh, Corey Baker. I think I, my, the easy shortcut is pastor Corey Baker, uh, but uh, on Instagram, I'm Corey Baker one, two, uh, on LinkedIn, Corey Baker one, two at me.com. Uh, so I'm on all those places. You can find me there and catch up. You can, uh, get access to my website, Corey Baker, uh, 12. Um, and, uh, sorry, uh, I don't even, you, I forgot my, uh, how awesome is it I, that I forgot my own, uh, my own, my own website. <laughs> okay. like Corey Baker, it's Corey Baker 12.us. I was like, I know it was that something. I was that dot com cause I tried to get it, but I know it's Corey Baker 12. It's uh, I'm sorry, Corey Baker us. Awesome. Not 12. Yeah. CoreyBaker.us. How's that for being incredibly unclear? CoreyBaker.us <laughs> is there. And I actually have another book that's free on CoreyBaker.us. If you go to CoreyBaker.us, um, you can download a book that I wrote for free called Learning to Laugh. If you like to laugh, um, you need to read that book. Um, it's, it's just about how you know, we take things too seriously and we need to learn how to laugh. So go to CoreyBaker.us. There's some blogs there. You can find me on podcast, uh, uh, any of the podcast apps. You know, you can find me on uh, the Apple iTunes. You can find me on Spotify or any of those kind of things. And you can search my name, Corey Baker, with an E. Uh, or uh, you can uh, search Chasing Better and it shows up in either of those places. But, uh, yeah, that's, that's the best way to find me. And certainly love helping and adding value to anyone that I possibly can. Love it, brother. Final question before we end today's episode. Going through everything that you've been through, you know, you enjoy what the ups and downs. What does success mean to Corey? You know, that's a great question. I think for me, uh, I, we, we've built a, a pretty sustainable, amazing business that pays us incredibly well. And I wouldn't have to work again in my life if I didn't want to. But the only thing that's better than having everything that you've ever wanted is helping other people have everything they've ever wanted. And that's what drives me. You know, I'm, I'm not driven by more money. I'm not driven by 
uh, any more of those things. I mean, of course it's nice, but uh, at the end of the day, uh, my mission is, is really to be an advocate for others and do everything in my power to help them get out of life what they desire. I, you know, life is so much more fun when you're living it with other people that are free. And I just think there's a lot of people that are out there that are just tied to something they don't want to be tied to. And uh, whether it's working with us or finding the place that you do belong, uh, we just love partnering together with people and, and helping them find what freedom looks like for them. And uh, we, we've been help, able to help a lot of people that way. So we, we have what we want. We have the life and the income and the influence. We have all that. Of course, we want to help more. But my mission now is to help other people feel that too. I love it. And uh, I'll put all this in the show notes for people to connect with you. It's, they deserve to talk to you. And I just want to say thank you just so much for, for blessing my audience with all your wisdom and, and all of your knowledge and obviously inspiration uh, of how to continue moving forward. So Corey, thank you so much for being here today. Thanks, Scott. Appreciate the opportunity. Absolutely. So guys, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Please enjoy the rest of your day. And I will talk to you next time. Bye-bye, everybody. Thank you again so much for checking out this week's episode. And if you can, head over to iTunes, search for Network Marketing Made Simple, leave me a five-star rating, basic review. I would be grateful for all of the support you guys can give me. And again, if you'd be interested in learning more how to utilize LinkedIn to grow your business, your brand, and your bank account, head over to my website, www.scotterron.net. Fill out the form for your free 15-minute discovery call so I can learn more about you, your business, and how we can work together. And again, thank you guys so much. Grateful for you all, and I'll see you next time.